Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by Magnanimous Rentals. Cameras, lenses, lights, and much more at the lowest rental rates online. Magnanimous Rentals. Every order submitted at magrents.com. That's M-A-G-R-E-N-T-S dot com. Every order submitted receives a discount. Inexpensive production essentials shipped right to your front door. Magrents.com. Go Magnanimous. Listen, I've been working with Magnanimous Rentals for a while. I am doing at least one short documentary on the road a month and I cannot tell you how awesome it is to grab my my bags, my luggage and head to the airport without carrying any expensive heavy equipment, fly to my destination, get to my hotel or my Airbnb and boom, my camera and my lenses and my tripod and lights are waiting for me. It makes it so smooth and so awesome and so affordable. Also, If you have a production that you need to do and you don't want to buy a whole camera package, this is a perfect affordable alternative for you. So check them out, magrants.com. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Six Second Stories, where we help you maximize your impact through short-form storytelling. Today, my guest is Brittany Jennings, the Regional Communications Manager for the American Red Cross of Eastern North Carolina, which actually handles 53 out of the 100 counties in North Carolina, so that's over half the state. And Brittany is one of the main people in charge of the communication and storytelling in the whole region. So I met Brittany last year in the middle of a bad situation, but I think that we made something really good out of it. In September 2018, we had a historical, devastating hurricane. Hurricane Florence hit the coast of North Carolina. It dropped 10 trillion gallons of water in five days and just completely destroyed 
the area like we haven't seen in a long time. And when the storm hit, I was stuck in Durham and I was just watching Facebook and seeing all my friends back home in Little Washington, my hometown and surrounding areas, just posting pictures and video of the town's completely underwater and I just knew I had to do something to help. I didn't necessarily just want to give money to a big organization, so I reached out to some friends uh, in Eastern North Carolina and we started a fund and we were able to raise like three grand in five days. So I took that money, went down to Eastern North Carolina and dispersed it out from people that I heard that needed it desperately. And then I also tacked uh, tarps onto roofs and uh, ripped up carpet and bought people supplies that they needed and just tried to give to people who directly needed help. And when I was down there, what I saw was this overwhelming amount of appreciation and love and people bonding together and creating this beautiful community in the middle of this terrible story and also at a time when we feel like really divided. And I just, it was beautiful and I wanted the chance to tell a bigger story. So I reached out to the Red Cross and they got my message and, and forwarded me along to Brittany. And I told her, I said, this is what I do. This is who I am, where I'm from. And the whole thing is breaking my heart. And I knew I was going to do something about it, film what I was doing. But I really wanted to partner with a bigger organization that had more resources and outlets so that we could do something more impactful with this. She loved the idea and was able to give me access to what the Red Cross was doing. I got to see behind the scenes and all that, all that the volunteers did for like 14-hour days and weeks away from home. And we established this great relationship, and I was able to do some social media video, videos for them. And they got, a, they got a lot of good response. And now I'm working with the Red Cross on some new projects. Specifically, we're doing the fundraising video for their uh, Red Cross Ball in downtown Raleigh in March. So... I love meeting people and collaborating like this and creating inspirational content uh, with them, especially people that get the same vision and mission that we have. So I was super happy to have Brittany on the podcast. She has a journalistic background, so we really nerded out about storytelling, especially in the middle of crises. And of course, Brittany's tied to national, so she has the challenge of creating poignant personal stories that constantly serve the overall mission of the Red Cross, but still building that connection with the local community that she's serving. So please welcome Brittany Jennings from the Red Cross. We had a great conversation about storms and storytelling, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. Let's talk a little bit about the hurricane and just what that was like in terms of your job. Like, it was mm-hmm. there, I mean, there were several jobs, that, but what was your main priority yeah. when that hit? The thing about the hurricane is we do have time where we know it's coming. Right. Right? Yep. So the narrative starts kind of early, but like yep. what's your procedure? You know, what's protocol at that point? It starts five days ahead. So at the Red Cross, we watch a 120-hour timeline when we see a storm coming in off the ocean, and we start going through a checklist and preparing. Every single day, there's something for us to check off and get ready for. And in my role as a regional communication officer, I'm working to push out preparedness messaging um, and start that narrative. Everyone needs to get out, prepare your homes, and evacuate, if that's the case. And that was in Florence. So that messaging... Uh, to begin with is very much preparedness heavy and here's what you need to do. Here's here's how you need to prepare your family, your pets. Here's where you need to go. And as the storm gets a little bit closer and we saw Florence sit on the Carolinas for hours and hours and hours, it, was, it felt like it was the storm that was never going to end. Yeah. Um, we waited. Um, 
kept pushing safety messaging and then the focus began on storytelling how have people been affected we had 10 trillion gallons of water dumped on the carolinas in five days and where do you begin with that storytelling process right. because so many people were involved you've got the story of the folks in shelters you know the mom and the little girl who've been sitting on a cot for days you've got right. that aspect of it you've got a donor who's come to you and brought a two hundred thousand dollar check and said please use this to the best of your ability to help this community so you've got that aspect you've got volunteers who've dropped everything and have come from across the country and canada to help strangers in eastern north Carolina. Um, they've left their homes for at least two weeks and they've come to help you. So you've got that story angle and it's aligning each of those different stories and then telling them at the appropriate times. Mm. So that's where it began with Florence and strategically pitching each of those. Especially now there's a million different mm -hmm. options. What channels are you guys using? Mm -hmm. How are you reaching that audience to tell yeah. those stories? So primary channels for us are media outlets, so traditional public relations, pushing press releases mm -hmm. and preparedness information and um, interview opportunities to press outlets. So we have that as an option. And then we're also utilizing social media, primarily for us, Facebook and Twitter, to push out safety messaging and key information about our volunteers. And then you wrap up on a blog. So okay. more full-length stories are posted there. Got it. And the blog just lives on the web, on the website. Mm -hmm. I think of it more of as an archive. Every okay. story that we're pushing out yeah. lives on this one blog. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I was actually going to ask this question later, but we can go ahead and kind of talk about it now because I know you've been doing press releases and newsletters and that mm -hmm. sort of stuff you did mm -hmm. it with the, the brain can brain tumor foundation. Mm -hmm. what was, what's the name of the pediatric brain tumor foundation? Right. Yep. And you've probably done that, you know, in other mm -hmm. um, places. How do you try to tell good stories in that format right because a press release i think and newsletters oftentimes people have trouble mm -hmm. like weaving in it right exactly yeah. weaving it's in that good dry. narrative that emotion like how have you tried to attack that to to put that emotion into like mm -hmm. something like a press release and, and obviously it's not it's not going to be like the videos that we make but right. you still have to have some sort of story and it's more of an internal document it's an True. fyi to the press um and my background is media. I come from a newspaper background, mm. and I remember getting those pitches. Mm. I know what I was looking for. I know what would spark my interest. Um, I was looking for that common thread of a human interest story. What's going to make people pay attention and care? Why should I care when I'm reading this press release is always what I thought when I'm reading it and when mm. I'm pitching it. So I would take a second before now crafting a release and yeah. think, okay, what's going to make someone care about this very important issue? Say, for example, the hurricane. Why would someone care that we have 180 plus shelters open? Mm -hmm. I need to give someone the opportunity to speak to that mom and that little girl in the shelter so that they can relate and see that um, we're filling basic human needs yeah. of food and shelter. But unless you put that face with something concrete like a number, it's hard for people to relate to. So I tend to fall back on my journalism skill set mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that storytelling aspect of who I am. That's why I got into the field yeah. I first went into. It's people. It's people. It's always people. It's always people and it's always storytelling through yeah. that human interest element. What, what other ways do you lean on your journalistic <laughs> background in, in your new role? 
I try to put things on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. I know newsrooms are slimming down. Mm -hmm. I know um, photography positions are being cut across the country sure. and photo teams are smaller. Mm -hmm. So I try to put everything on a silver platter for a news team. And that goes down to whether that's crafting the press release uh -huh. and giving them an opportunity for an interview that's already set up with someone I've already vetted who I know yeah. is going to be a great meaty story, um, or it's writing the story. Smaller mm. papers are starting to run those stories because they just don't have the bandwidth to craft their own. Yeah. Um, so that's an option and making sure that I have photos with every press release that's going out or with every story I'm telling, following up and say, here are additional quotes or here are additional folks you can interview and here are a couple more photos that you may use later on to help fill that gap. So mm -hmm. putting everything into a solid package I've found to be very helpful. That's like looking out for your old team kind of. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> just yeah. like, I know oh, what these guys are going through. That. It's kind of like <laughs> when you, uh, if you've ever been a server, uh -huh. You know, and you go to a restaurant, you're never going to not tip them, even if the service right. wasn't that great. Yeah. You're like, look, I've been there. Yep. I know what's going on back in the and kitchen. And you're going right to stack now. the plates for them. <laughs> exactly. Even nice you're going to pre-bust the table. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I love that. And you're not necessarily doing the job for them, but you're mm -hmm. trying to make life you're a little it, like, bit one easier. Yeah, yeah. Because you understand that you have worked on five stories that day and yep. that it has been a long day. And it's hard to mine hard. that good content sometimes. It is. Yeah. And we have important stories to tell mm -hmm. that the mom and the little girl in the shelter that story has to be told yeah, yeah because our resources depend on it and and that mom and that little girl are depending on us mm. and if we don't tell their story and give people a glimpse into what it's like to live in that shelter for weeks on end um, then no one will know we need help as mm. a community so it, it falls back on that human interest element and Absolutely. putting a pretty package together so where did this all start for you like can you trace it back? Because you went to school for journalism, I right? Yeah. And you went started working for a newspaper. But mm -hmm. when you were growing up, what what were you attracted to that kind of led mm -hmm. you down that path? You're I think I was just a curious kid. Mm -hmm. I was always in everyone's business and I wanted <laughs> to know what was going on all the time. And I liked to be the first to know. And I still have, as cheesy as it sounds, the family newspaper that I put together and drug oh, clip art into. It. And I had columns, uh, you know, it, and headlines. So it started at a really young age for me and went on to do the little newspaper in middle school and then in high school. And that mm. just grew into, okay, I know I need to do this for a living. I and need in college to too, right? Weren't you part of the newspaper yeah, in college? Yeah, was an editor at the college newspaper um, and then spun off internships from there. But mm -hmm. I was lucky in the fact that I always knew that I wanted to be somewhat of a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I knew I was too interested in people yeah. and how I can make a difference through the power of the pen, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so that curiosity began at a young age. So um, when you left the Charlotte Observer, <clears throat> mm -hmm. that's when you went to the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. Mm -hmm. How was that transition from straight journalism to the nonprofit world? It was a much slower pace. Yeah. I had to get used to that. Um, but the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation, they were essentially looking for an in-house reporter. Oh. They had never told the stories of the kids who were affected by brain tumors, this yeah. awful disease. Yeah. And they had never um, written down the stories of parents who had gone mm. uh, through the treatment with their children and seeing kids pass away because of it. And they had never told the story of researchers who poured countless hours into labs until 
they couldn't do it anymore um, to come up with a solution. And so I got to use my journalism skills and essentially craft these stories just as I would have at a newspaper. I just now had this very specific focus on these children battling this terrible disease. Um, so that's how I got my start there. And storytelling through journalism has continued to be a part of what I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you enjoy having that kind of streamlined focus and that one major narrative to kind of focus on versus like as a reporter, I'm sure it's like countless stories, right? Of yes. all different, different kinds. Yeah. Like, as a journalist, you have to be a mini expert on a little bit of everything. Right. You know, you've got five stories that day and you've got to go focus on, um, you know, a, an event that's happening to help cure cancer. And then mm. you've got to go run to a court and listen to a case that's going on. And you just have to become you have to be very malleable and become mm -hmm. a mini expert on each topic. So I like embedding myself and focusing on something because I really feel like I can dig into it. Mm -hmm. um, and go deeper and versus And go a little wider. bit deeper. Yeah, okay. it's not so much skim the surface. Mm -hmm. So I like that creative aspect of it and having to challenge myself in that way. What are some of the, a lot of the people that I work with are people or organizations or mm -hmm. nonprofits. So I'm pretty familiar with some of the struggles, but this is, you worked for the, the uh, Brain Tumor Foundation mm -hmm. years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So the past four or five years or something, you've been in this world? Yeah, basically. I've been at Red Cross about three years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I left journalism maybe, I would say six years ago. Yeah. Years so ago, yeah. what are some of the struggles that nonprofits deal with in terms of communications and getting those stories out there? Oh, sure. <laughs> well, you're facing the idea of um, tighter newsrooms, right? Mm -hmm. So there's only so much content you can throw and have oh. stick. Um, at the Red Cross, we're tied often to news. So I don't want to say it's easier to pitch, but there's always some news element. Right. Um, we're at an organization where you may not have a news piece constantly happening. Mm. It's a little bit harder to pitch and you have to get a little more creative. Um, I think that's where I fell very heavily on those human interest stories, yeah. tried to tie them to an event that the organization was hosting when mm -hmm. I would pitch and make it more newsworthy. Um, you're also stretched on your resources and your funds as a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, so you one. face those challenges. We utilize volunteers at the Red Cross. So I have a team of about 20 marketing communication volunteers who uh -huh. help me tell this story in it's Eastern crucial. North Carolina. It's crucial. It's we crucial. couldn't do it without them. Yeah. So it's just, it's not just me telling the story. It's, um, photographers and videographers and social media experts and former recovering journalist helping to do that yeah. as well. So I like the first tip about kind of finding something else to attach it to or affiliate mm -hmm. it with makes total sense about mm -hmm. the news event. And that's, yep. that's actually huge to your advantage, yep. I think. Um, but I think if we think about it creatively, even if we don't have that opportunity, there are ways to think about what can we attach this to, to give it, to have it more value, to make yes. it more newsworthy, as you yep. said, and that's something I think would help people to, but, but takes a little bit of creative thinking of what, mm -hmm. what else can we add is I have to think about that all the time when mm -hmm. we're raising, you know, funds for a video or something like that. Right. Like who else could benefit from this? Yes. How else can we package this is yes. what it's all about. But with, how would you suggest to someone who didn't have the volunteers that Red Cross has mm -hmm. and they're struggling with funds, but they have these stories that need to be told. Mm -hmm. Are there any other creative ways you can think about to 
achieve that goal right when you have a lack of funds right you know because not everybody's going to have the yeah you could probably get an intern or two i was going to say why not have volunteers okay search for Let's volunteers explore that, a little bit. Yeah. explore that a little bit and um look into, into interns um look into volunteers who may oftentimes we um have retirees who have come out mm. of marketing communication or journalism but That's still want to give back That's in that idea. capacity so look into that most of the the actual the red cross volunteers during florence that i mm -hmm. met were retirees right you know, and they they could have you know afford a couple weeks off to go go right. help but that's a good point i hadn't thought about that uh it makes sense when you see them down there uh, distributing food yep. but i haven't thought about it in terms of like hey can you work 15 20 hours right. a week in the office absolutely that's interesting. and they have the luxury of time mm -hmm. that you need and that's really what it boils down to is you need 10 extra hours in the day to be able to accomplish everything you want um and i would focus on on one pitch make it make it simple hmm. and then build the package from there you know you don't have to pitch 10 story ideas into one press release yeah uh, work on building relationships with hmm. your media outlets that's get to know one. your reporters that's a big one um, they'll start coming to you for story ideas on slow days mm -hmm. so that's been incredibly helpful going back to people and connecting with people always right? goes back to people yeah yep and I like the idea, the concept, and we have to, I, when I'm giving uh, workshops and stuff mm -hmm. on storytelling, I have to hit that home a lot, mm -hmm. especially nowadays, simplify, simplify yep. your message, right? Because yep. oftentimes people still try to, you know, they think they have one shot, one press release, I'm going to put everything in it, but that's yes. so disjointed, there's nothing for them to latch on to. And yep. especially now, I work specifically with short form sure you you have less time to do it so it's more about mm -hmm. what's the one takeaway you don't have time for six messages right. you know yep. that's a that's a big one and look at it from the receiving end mm. you know if you got that press release or you got that video or that pitch Great point why are you going to care what mm. makes you connect to it and for us it's often hard because we're so number heavy you know 10 million or 10 trillion gallons of water yeah. fell in five days 180 plus shelters open more than 1.3 million meals and snacks well what does that look like you know but if you can boil down to a family standing at an, a red cross emergency truck mm. taking that meal off the truck that's one of those 1.3 million meals yeah. and snacks now you can connect to it because mm -hmm. you can see the burger and the green beans and the styrofoam tray um it's something that you can relate to as a person it's Definitely. not a number are there any new uh strategies you've been trying to implement to get stories out there just with i mean it's about to be 2020 mm -hmm. <laughs> which is crazy mm -hmm. there's a lot of new opportunities for us to do this are there any new social media platforms or what kind of what are you focusing on in the next year or so I'm working on really digging deep into the platforms we're already on. Okay. So making those better mm -hmm. um, and not spreading my content so thin. Mm -hmm. um, years ago, as the Red Cross of Eastern North Carolina, we had 30 different social media platforms running. You know, we had 10 Facebook groups and oh, 10 wow. Twitter sites and a couple a Instagram accounts. And how many people were in charge of all this? So you had so, a lot. Okay. You had so a lot of hands one, in the like, pot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah which you is have, also problematic. Yes, it is. And so you're diluting your message mm -hmm. and often the same content is going on each of those channels. So we've really tried to boil that down and have one Facebook account and one Twitter yeah. account and one Instagram, one LinkedIn. It's, um, it's back to that. <clears throat> The idea of depth, yep, you know, uh, and not going wide. Keeping it going simple, yeah, exactly. going very deep. A couple deep. of channels that you really 
connect with your audience yep. on, go deeper. I like that. Well, and it keeps all of your content on anything you're putting out really clean too. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put 10 Facebook sites onto yes. one flyer. You yeah. can put one, oh, you yes. know, and same goes with your website. You know what it makes me think about too is, um, you know, you mentioned, think about your reader for the press mm -hmm. release. Well, think about your audience of social media too. Externally. Or, you know, we've worked with you guys. I, I would want to tag you in something. Mm -hmm. If, you know, if I'm going to tag you, which those Who kinds of things tag? help when other people are yeah. shouting you out. I mean, yep. that's how it works, right? That's how yep. you get the, the organic reach. And if I'm trying to tag you and don't know which, you know, which platform to use or which right. screen name to use, yeah, that's probably gets muddy too. really fast. Yeah, it does get muddy. Yep. That's a good point. So simplify. 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 Yep. In your stories, in your strategies. Yep. <laughs> Go deep. Yeah. Yep. And like then it. have a call to action for people on those simple. Please say more about that. Right. Because you can shout all day long and post great content. Right. But they're going to feel motivated and moved to help in some way. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and direct that energy right. and channel it for them. If you need volunteers, put a call for volunteers on at the end of that great story that you just wrote, you yeah. know, and that goes with all types of content, put people, your call to people action. People miss that a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, like I'll, you'll motivate them and then just kind of like leave them right. with nowhere to direct them, you know? And again, with the call to action, simplicity, <laughs> Yep. you know, not vague, very clear. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. it's what I've been focusing on and, and learning and simple. Don't say, yep. Hey, if you want to donate here or here or here, just, for that one right. story, that one message, keep it streamlined, keep it simple. Yep. Yep. One simple call to action. So with the hurricane, what are you guys focused on now in terms of communication? Mm -hmm. You know, we're kind of at the tail end of it. I know you've told me before that the job doesn't end as quickly it as it might, like, might yeah. seem that it does. But what, what are you focused on now in terms of the narrative and communications? Right. Because the storm lasted five days mm -hmm. and the media happened to be on it for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. But this storm, it's been two months yeah. or so since it hit eastern North Carolina. And mm -hmm. we're still still dealing with the effects of yeah. Hurricane Florence. Um, just because it's gone doesn't mean that uh, people have recovered from this. And this will be a years-long recovery effort. So the narrative now shifts to recovery. Where are families now? Um, where are they this holiday season? How are they getting by? And where are they staying? And as an organization, we're focused on um, recovery and partnering families with agencies, other agencies in the community to make sure their needs are met. We don't leave their side uh, days after the hurricane hits. Right. So my narrative focus on, focuses on partners and what we're doing to help families who may still be in need of help and reminding media this is still an issue in our backyard. How do you, do you have any certain measurements for your stories? <laughs> like how do you, how do you measure the stuff that you've done? So we typically use TrendKite, which okay. is a media monitoring service. In Great. the past, we've used Cision, we've mm -hmm. used Meltwater. Uh, we try to advance as the technology advances. Sure, sure. But TrendKite's what we're currently on, and I love it so far. Can you tell um, me a little bit about what they offer and like what, what are some yeah. of the benefits, what you like about it? Yeah, so we can track our media outlets based on, we can plug in the city and the location and different keywords that we may be looking for. Mm -hmm. So I can boil 
our content down to Eastern North Carolina and the media outlets and the cities in our region. Um, we can pull the different types of viewerships that we're getting, whether our content's coming out on radio, television, mm -hmm. online blogs or podcasts. Right. Uh, we can see that broken down. That's and awesome. then I can also see the ad equivalency of that mm -hmm. readership reach, which is a really great tool to use when you're out in the field talking about the importance of storytelling, because mm -hmm. now I can give you a monetary figure, which people can relate to money, money and people, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now they can see that yeah, we had 6,000 media hits in Eastern North Carolina so far this year. That's an ad equivalency of over $2 million. Wow. So these volunteers and staffers who are telling that Red Cross story have put about $2 million back um, into storytelling and wow. getting the Red Cross word out. It's amazing. So it's a great tool. Yeah. Some sort of media monitoring service is something to invest in. It's huge. Yeah. It's been super helpful. Yep. Um, so what's, what are you guys focused on um, when it's not, when there's not a certain event or disaster going on? Granted, there's always mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Florence is a big one. Right. Um, wildfires are big ones. You right. know, there's certain big ones. Yep. Um but in between those big newsworthy events, mm -hmm. what's the consistent messaging you're trying to put out? What's the strategies right. strategies that you're using? Right. You know, because I'm sure it changes a little bit from just oh, your sure. normal Thursday versus Florence just hit yesterday. Yep. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you've got to get a little bit more creative in your storytelling. Mm -hmm. Right. So, for example, most people don't know in our region about five home fires occur every night in eastern North Carolina. Wow. Five families lose their homes every a day. Night every night. I did not know that. So, wow. and across the state, it's about nine to 10 wow. and it increases during the winter months. People mm. heat their homes alternatively. Uh. And so I can pitch that all day long every day. And I can tell you five families lost their homes last night to a fire, which is an interesting stat, but let's get a little more creative and combine that number at the end of the month. Let me tell you, we had 120 families lose their homes at the end of January and give it a little more weight yeah. so that that pitch is more likely to get picked up. And then let me take a family who's experienced the loss of their home and add that into an interview. So it's getting creative with your pitches and realizing that there's always something to work with. Even though you may not have a big event coming up, you don't have a ball or a golf tournament or yeah. uh, something to focus on, you've still got people who are affected by the great work that you're doing. Yeah, and I, I, we've talked about this already, just that human element. But mm -hmm. I find that that's so important to be, you know, to have that mm -hmm. that authenticity, but also just that heart. Yep. Like everything I'm focused on now is 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 that right. human element right there, and having a good story that resonates yep. with people. Yeah. You know. Well, and working even another good tip would be working from a calendar. There is a mm. holiday for everything. Yes, you know, say more every, about that. That's huge. So we typically on slower days, we'll take a look at a calendar and we'll plan three or four months out and have a marketing calendar in front of us. We'll say, okay, we know World Pet Day is this right, day. Right, totally. Surely we've got something that can relate to World <clears throat> Pet Day. Oh, let's write a story about one of our therapy animals on mm -hmm. Fort Bragg and highlight that. Huge. And it'll get picked up on World Pet Day. Yeah. So Especially there's so many of those days that I'm pretty sure they're, half of them are made right. up since social media has become so popular. Oh, sure. Yeah. But every, they're trending. Totally. This goes back to our point about find something to affiliate it with. Mm -hmm. It could be a, a, a trending mm -hmm. topic that mm -hmm. day. You know, you could go to Twitter and see what's going on. Yep. And it doesn't mean I don't 
I'm not suggesting we fake things, but let's see how we can align with something that's being talked about right exactly. now. So it's not a newsworthy event like a fire or a hurricane. Join the conversation. But it could be National Pet Day. And we did the same thing. Uh, you know, I did some hurricane disaster relief myself. Mm-hmm. And we work uh, just as a member. They put out a little little video that we did. Right. And we chose, to, uh, I saw it randomly on some calendar. It was like World Kindness Day. Yep. I was like, oh, well, that's perfect. a great, you know, we didn't know if we were going to post it Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, but Tuesday's yep. World Kindness Day, that's perfect. And mm-hmm. honor, you know. And now you can run with that hashtag exactly. and feed off of everyone exactly. else who's watching World Kindness Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great Jumping great on that tip. bandwagon. Yes. It takes us right back to that, that thing of what other value can I give this piece? Because there's so much competition now, you know? And people are hungry for content. Yeah, they They want it. They want to know what you're doing. Yes, they still are. But there's a lot of competition now. So there's kind of this this thing we're struggling with. But yeah, every channel, whether it's blogs or video, like everybody still does need content consistently. So just got to find them a reason to do it and stop thinking about you and think about why it helps them or why they would want to post it, which you've already Well, and it takes some of the the harshness off of your mm-hmm. content too mm-hmm. you know we're dealing with disasters and life-threatening situations yeah, and same with the pediatric brain tumor foundation it's really heavy content heavy. so take advantage of those world pet days yeah you know and lighten it a little bit so that it's you can give a breather for your readers and your audience so that you can come back and create powerful content again yeah i really like that i talk a lot about this when giving instructions on storytelling, the mm-hmm. ebbs and flows, it's a roller coaster yep, ride, right? Totally. It's not constantly, like, you know, you can't constantly have a nose drive them down. Doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't even work that way, right. right? And so I often talk about that even in videos or stories in general, it needs to have that flow. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it's echoed in this larger yearly strategy. Right. We don't want to hit them over the head with death and, you know, constantly. And, and, right. And, yeah. and uh, catastrophe. Yep. Here's something about World Pet Day. Yep. I and love that. You don't want to desensitize your audience. Right. Yeah. Right. That is a great, great yep. tip. Um, so what's coming up? Uh, what's coming up next? I know you guys have the ball. In we the new do. Year, which is a big, a big chance to continue to spread the story, right? It is. Well, tell me a little bit about that. So we have the ball coming up in March. And then actually in January, we've got a really cool event happening in Durham. And it's going to be called the Power of Miracles event. Okay. Um, if you think back to about 10 years, uh, the Miracle on the Hudson. Mm-hmm. was happening in early January. So we are inviting the co-pilot, Jeff Skiles, and the last passenger off the plane, Dave Sanderson, to come to the Carolina Theater of Durham on January 17th, and they're going to talk about their response and the Red Cross's involvement. So wow. you can check that out, carolinatheater.org. That sounds your tickets. like a great story. <laughs> so that's a fun one to go and just, um, just sit and have a conversation and listen to what these folks went through. It's going to be yeah. very powerful. That is going to be awesome. And then we'll you've got the, the ball in March. Yeah. So, and the ball is a fundraising event. Didn't you tell me it that is. was the, like the, the biggest one of the year or something? It is. In Eastern North Carolina, it's the biggest fundraising event that we have on this side of the state. Um, we get about 300 people together and we come and it's a party. It's a lot of fun, but it's also very mission driven. So mm-hmm. we help educate the public about what the Red Cross does and our services and also the impact of the dollars that are given that night. Yeah. Um, help walk them through what that means to this community so mission driven mm-hmm. or purpose driven these yep. these kinds of you know keywords and expressions and thoughts i've been thinking a lot about lately mm-hmm. um and it goes back to what i've been saying is if if, if you if you have that mission that's clear mm-hmm. you've already talked about the clear messaging it kind of informs any decision you make 
but especially any communication decision you make, right? So whether it's the blog that I'm writing or the picture I'm posting on Instagram, mm-hmm. if it's not serving the ultimate mission, right? You know, or if the language you use isn't serving the ultimate mission, right. and sometimes we forget about that big picture that mm-hmm. we have behind us, right? Because we're mm-hmm. focused on what's going on in mm-hmm. front of us. We don't turn around and be like, oh yeah, that's what's driving this whole thing. Right. And so this little caption for Instagram that I think right. has nothing to do with it, has everything to do with it. And right. if I just look back sometimes like, ah, that's not the right word. Right. So what's the, what's the mission of the Red Cross? Yeah. That's such a good point. Everything that you're doing drives back to the mission. Everything. And the mission of the Red Cross is to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of disasters. And so everything that you post on social media, every media interview that you do, every blog post, it's got to go back to serving the mission, Mm -hmm. which is helping the community and helping our neighbors in their darkest hour. So it's got to boil back down to that mission. And if you turn back around and look at that sign, that engine, that mission behind you, it still has within it humans, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? It's not about disaster itself. It's about helping the people, right? So I think that that's why that's so apparent in everything that you've been saying. It's not just your journalistic background. It's part of the mission of what you guys are doing. I think that's super important. Um, Have you, what do you guys do when there is a need or an opportunity to change a narrative that may have been out there that is not aligned with your mission, not necessarily Mm -hmm. internally, but maybe there's something going on. Someone dropped the ball or something. Do you ever have any times like that where it's like, we have to do a little damage control. Oh, sure. And, um, you know, how do you address yeah. that if there's something like, this is not what we are or what right. we're trying to do? Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's an issue sometimes, especially in, in 2019. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so my policy has always been transparency. If you make a mistake, yes. own up to yes. it. You know, And at the Red Cross, we work uh, during disasters. Mm-hmm. Mistakes are going to happen. Right. It's chaos. Yes. It's complete I chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and you're working as fast and mm-hmm. as furiously as you can to serve those in need. And, you know, somebody's going to forget to go to this feeding location or they're going to forget that they had a, an appointment here to meet someone mm-hmm. to help with food delivery. It's it's going to happen yeah. because you've got a thousand things circling around you um, and you've got one job to focus on. And I think the best thing you can do is be transparent. Um, and that happened to us once during Hurricane Florence. You know, we oh. had um, different feeding routes set up all over eastern North Carolina sure. yeah. and they changed daily. You yeah. and I talked I about there. that. Yeah, I saw you it. Know, the food I would truck drive sometimes day, but it's and not go the there day. and it had changed. Right. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. Mobile kitchens yep. change and you're constantly reevaluating to to serve the greatest need of people. Um, So we had a feeding route that one person thought still existed, Mm. but it didn't, it happened somewhere else. And so you had people lined up for this feeding route that didn't happen. So you own up to your mistake and you fix it. You first find out and hear that this happened Mm -hmm. and then you go deliver food to that area and you tell media, yes, this is a disaster. Right. Why We we messed up. It's going to happen. Why is that uh, so hard for people? (laughs) You know, it's a tough thing to do. It is. To say like, you're right, my bad. To be humble and and admit you did something wrong. But... Again, we're human. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, and you celebrate your successes and you shout those as well. But I think it's important for to build that trust and relationship right. 
whether that's in the community with your clients or whether it's with donors or volunteers mm. or with media outlets who are our watchdogs. They're supposed to hold us accountable. Right. Good that's, point. Fair point. That's yeah. their job. Mm -hmm. We need them. Um, so we need to own up to mistakes when those do happen. I... I got to say, it all, it all keeps coming back to people and those relationships. People will empathize with you if you're just honest and humble mm -hmm. about it. Because we all make mistakes. Nobody's yep. expecting perfection, yep. you know? And so, make it right. Fix yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Go fix back and feed those people. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you've, you've got to live up and own up to the mistakes if they do happen. That's awesome. Um, well, I appreciate everything that you guys have done. Like I said being able to really witness witness it firsthand which i had never done before yeah. i have lots of friends that have volunteered and so they've seen it sure. but i had never seen it especially with the perspective that i had of mm -hmm. like kind of documenting it and right. following it and really observing it really really impressed and it was chaotic mm -hmm. but how they managed especially with predominantly volunteers mm -hmm. is the pace uh how they managed it was was incredibly impressive controlled chaos it was it was it was absolutely that and being there in a moment when they are packing up the the trucks and the mobile mm -hmm. kitchens to go out is like it was a whirlwind mm -hmm. but really really impressive and and effective and um i think that the community down there felt it so and it renews your faith in humanity mm. to watch that you know yeah. these more than five thousand people who have come just to eastern north carolina to help us yeah. um it's impressive and you're just so thankful. I, you know what I love about it is like, and it's, it's so sad. It takes something like this, but mm -hmm. it's like, there's no petty arguments that nobody None. cares who you are, where you come from, what you, what you believe, mm -hmm. right. During those moments, mm -hmm. you see the best of humanity. Yep. And I wish that we can find, could find a way to, to live in that space a little more back to the ebbs and flows. Yep. You know, it's not going to all be great either. Right. Yep. But, um, yep. it's kind of beautiful to see that in a, in an ugly time, in a yep. tough time, but it's, it's beautiful that we can to come together, come together like that. That yep. was my favorite part about it by far, because again, in this day and age where everyone has a voice, sometimes it just gets, it's, it's a lot going on, mm -hmm. a lot of bickering, a lot of, you know, so mm -hmm. it's nice to see those, those beautiful human stories being yep. told of people coming together. Well, we appreciate you being a part of our storytelling oh, team. Yeah, Thank you absolutely. for helping to highlight so, that. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. have done it without you. So. I'm so happy to. And I saw the Giving Tuesday piece uh, on Facebook and people seem to be really responding. Yes. And really liking that. They so, loved it. <laughs> so we appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, well, look, I think that maybe we should do this again sometime, but uh, we definitely look forward to going to the ball. We're excited, excited to have you. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming by. This was awesome. Anytime. And you, you nailed every point that I wanted to talk about. So that was great. Good. Thank you for having yeah, me. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Rain. Absolutely. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. And join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.